Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 269. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about the real cost of money, and you're going to find out how to calculate whether buying an item is worth it to you or not. But before we get started, I wanted to let you know about another awesome podcast called Profit Boss Radio. Profit Boss Radio is hosted by MBA and certified financial planner Hillary Hendershot, who highlights inspiring women who have created success in their financial and professional lives. Each week, you can tune in and hear how women have paved the road to sustain success with both beliefs and actions. Check it out at ProfitBossRadio.com. I love to find articles for you and then bring them onto the podcast, and I select them especially if they coincide with my belief system, and I'm very picky about what kind of articles I want to bring to you. There's lots of articles that I go through before I choose one to bring on the podcast, so just know that anytime I bring up an article, it is something that probably could be something I feel I could have written myself or that I feel enough aligned with that I just totally agree with it and want to bring it to you on the show. And that's what happened when I read this article, A Simple Equation That Will Save You Money. Now, this is something that I have thought about before, and I think it's a a great way to think. Of course, step number one to the six steps to wealth is creating a wealthy mindset. This is a little different than that, but it does fall in the mindset category. So I did want to bring this to you and talk about how you can think and how you can calculate in your head whether you really want to spend money on something. Because as you know, I'm not a big fan of budgets. I feel that they can be like diets where they feel very restrictive And they can give you a bad relationship with money because you just feel like you want to break the budget as soon as you go on it. And I know a lot of people really feel like they're too restrictive. And again, the opposite often ensues. Instead of sticking with the budget, sometimes people break it. And other people are perfectly great with budgets. And that's awesome. And if you're one of those people that's great with budgets, then that's terrific. But a lot of people aren't. And so I recommend in the spending category that you look more to prioritizing what you want to spend your money on. If that's travel, if that's some nice new outfits or a designer handbag or some new sporting equipment or whatever that might be, a new car, well, almost new car, (laughs) because that's what I think is wise, spending wise as well as a car a few years old. But back to how to decide what to spend your money on. This is an article that talks about a way for you to evaluate whether something you're considering spending money on is really worth it to you. And that's what I'm talking about, just being really conscious with your spending. You know, not just buying something because you think you want it or it's a good deal. I have all kinds of examples in my closet of things that were on sale that I bought 
that really I never wore and really weren't something I really wanted. Whereas that thing that I really wanted that, you know, I had to pay more for was really consciously thinking about wanting that particular thing and then got that expensive thing and then love it and feel great every time I wear it versus, you know, the unconscious spending that, oh, this is a great deal. Oh, it's on sale. Oh, I should just get this. You know, that really doesn't often serve us. So this article was talking about how to determine what you should spend your money on. And it was written by David Ning, who started a website called Money Ning. And his question is, how many hours do you have to work to pay for this item that you're going to buy? So you take the cost of the item, divide it by your hourly wage, and that equals the number of hours you're going to have to work to pay for the item. So whether you're self-employed or you work for someone else, you can calculate this based on what your hourly wage is or your approximate hourly wage. And you can also take your annual earnings and divide that by how many hours you think you work in a year to come up with that average uh, wage. This was really interesting because according to Ning's observations, the article says, $39.99 is what a lot of people spend on everyday purchases. That's kind of an interesting number in and of itself, isn't it? I thought that was very interesting. Like people are just blowing 40 bucks here, 40 bucks there, and not really thinking about it. And that's pretty much true. I think we don't give a lot of thought. And yet at the end of the month, you can have a bill come to you on your credit card and be like, oh my gosh, that was a lot of $40 purchases here and there, really added up. He also goes on to say, if you get numb to buying things and $40 seems like nothing, but you're making $10 an hour, you really have to work four hours just to make that money. He's also saying like, if you're making $60,000 a year after paycheck deductions, you're probably making around $20 an hour. So $60,000 a year equates to about $20 an hour. So you can also extrapolate from that. And so if you're making double that, $120,000 a year, then it's $40 an hour. So those are good numbers to know too, because then you can say, wow, if I'm going to make a $40 purchase and it's going to take me at $60,000 a year, two full hours of work to pay for this, do I really want that thing? Do I really need that particular thing? He goes on to say something like cable TV, which is around $100 a month. So again, for the $60,000 salary person at $20 an hour, you're working five hours just for that TV subscription every month. So that's, you know, a good part of a day that you're working to pay for your cable TV every month. And he said recurring expenses are expenses that people typically just don't think about especially if it's automatically charged to your credit card. He was raised with an understanding that frugality is a way of life. He's the son of Chinese immigrants who got on with little, and he doesn't place a whole lot of value on consumer goods. He said most products don't have much value when you consider the amount of time it takes to work for them. He says, for me personally, I need to see long-term value. He prefers spending his money on experiences like family trips and vacations. I so agree with this. I've said that on many podcasts. Experiences are so wonderful, and they're things that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Things like going to concerts or going on vacations or going camping or hiking or on a picnic. They're just those wonderful things that don't always even have to cost a lot, but they're going to be great experiences for you. 
He goes on to say that experience is better than getting more stuff because when we buy stuff pretty much all the time, we use it once or twice, and after the initial hoopla kind of wears off, we're just stuck there. We toss it aside, and there's another thing we have to keep track of, and we don't ever use it anymore. But with experiences, at least we can cherish the memories and we get the value again and again. So I completely agree with that as well. And I've often said that I think the rush, like there's an adrenaline rush or a hormonal rush, maybe it's adrenaline, maybe it's something else, but something that gives us this rush when we buy something. There's some positive hormone that we get when we buy something and it lasts, I've noticed, about three days. No matter whether it's a big purchase, like a car, or a less expensive purchase, like, you know, something something simple at the store, a new outfit or something. I've noticed it's about three days. I'm feeling really excited about it, really happy about it. And then after that, it's kind of like, eh, whatever. There's something that just, I don't know, there's some kind of increased excitement and then it wears off. So I totally agree. Then we kind of throw it in the corner. We don't look at it again. This is very common. He goes on to say, the marketing kind of plays into our psychology. They tell us that it's better, and in some ways it is better. The house is bigger, the car has got the new car smell, it runs better, looks nicer. All of that's true. But then people don't think about how much it's costing them. And that is true because you've got the extra insurance and upkeep maintenance, uh, gardeners to pay or whatever. You've got a lot of extra expenses that come with some items. So it's not just buying the item, there's a lot of additional expenses that come with that item sometimes. And he goes on to say, the more you save, the less you have to work. The 37-year-old worked in finance and IT for seven years before launching his financial blog in 2007, which he now runs full-time. He said, most people work because they need the money or they want more money, but if they have the money already, then they don't have to work as much. What's the best thing money can buy, according to him? Freedom. There's time freedom, and there's also peace of mind type of freedom. And I completely agree. Freedom is it. It's about freedom to do what you want to do, freedom to pursue your goals or your mission, freedom to have a choice of how you want to spend your time. Freedom is what the best thing is that money will buy. People go on arguing about, does money buy happiness or not buy happiness? It has nothing to do with happiness. It has to do with freedom. You can hire other people to do tasks for you that you don't want to do. You can, you know, have 100% control of your time. It really is about freedom, I think, in my opinion. So I'm totally on 100% alignment with Mr. Ning. <laughs> he also says, when you spend less on stuff and save your money, you know you have a rainy day fund and that brings you peace of mind. He says, if you're really unhappy at work and you want to change, it, take, it kind of takes some savings in order to have the courage to say no to your boss, and all that is, is freedom. For a lot of people, if they really think about it, using money to buy that kind of freedom is way more important than getting the shiny new car again and again, he concluded. Yes, how many times have I said, it's not about buying cars frequently or buying homes too frequently. That costs you money over and over and over again and keeps you from achieving your real goals, your real financial freedom goals. You just want to buy a car, drive it as long as you can, buy a house, live in it as long as you can. The more times that you buy cars and houses, it's costing you big, big numbers, big amounts of money that people don't even realize. And I've done 
whole podcast on that as well. So we are completely in alignment. He says, how to decide if a purchase is worth the work? Again, in summary, divide the cost of the potential purchase by your hourly wage to determine the number of hours you'll work to pay for it, which is the cost per item divided by the hourly wage equals how many hours it's going to take you. Then ask yourself, is it worth it? He goes on to say, use this calculation to determine if you're working too much to pay for recurring purchases like cable and cell phone bills. Consider the value of what you're buying. Money can buy freedom. The more you save, the more independence you have. I think this is exactly the words that people need to hear. Really think about what are your purchases that you're making? What is it really going to cost you? Is it really worth it to you? Is it aligned with your goals? Is it one of your priorities, your spending priorities, which we've talked about on past podcasts? What are those things you really want to spend your money on? Because all those little $39.99 purchases all over the place are what's keeping you from achieving some of those goals. And believe me, even $39.99 invested monthly can grow into a significant amount of money over time. But you've got to really think about what are you going to do with that money and what's important to you, prioritize, and that is what's going to lead you to your financial freedom. As always, I will post this article on my website at lindapjones.com in the show notes for podcast number 269. If you haven't yet subscribed to the Be Wealthy and Smart podcast, please hit the subscribe button and you'll know right away when new podcasts are uploaded. And if you want to get your 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth, go on over to my website at lindapjones.com and pick up your free one-page PDF that's going to give you quick tips to get your net worth growing. And if I haven't gotten a rating and review from you yet, I'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. Please leave a rating. I want to hear from you. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.